but de Bernard Sall Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, more Rugby World Cup controversy with George Hook. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Balanced Palate, nutrition for peak performance, and the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby once again in week number 106. And what better way to celebrate 106 weeks of a show just after Labor Day weekend with the man that's the hardest working man in rugby, Mr. George Hook. George, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Matt. Um, it's countdown time to the World Cup. So I, I think we've got a lot to talk about, I must say. You're absolutely right, George. A big thing out there right now are the rosters that have been selected for the Rugby World Cup. Some of the Tier 2 nations are still doing that. Some of the other nations are still sorting it out. But the Twitter the Twitterverse was all a flutter with harumphs uh, because of different omissions on different rosters. Most more specifically, Ireland's fans, particularly in the omission of Devin Toner, and a big uh, person that was uh, also on board with that, having a problem with the omission was Gus Pichot, the Argentinian star who's now with World Rugby as second in command. He's also on the board of directors for USA Rugby after our uh, fiscal malfeasance. Through Twitter, he expressed his opinion that World Rugby needs to look into this. And he got some, some garbage back or some crap back from Joe Schmidt, who said that that was just basically crap. And I just wanted to know what you thought about this whole thing. Toner is banged up, but there is a South African in his place. Well, I, I think with the greatest respect, um, if you're relying on Twitter for your information, then obviously uh, all is not as it seems. But this is incredibly interesting from an Irish perspective. One, Toner has almost been an ever-present uh, in Joe Schmidt's squad since Schmidt came on board. He's the tallest man ever to play for Ireland. And with the Eiffel Tower at number two, even with the worst thrower-ins in rugby union history, we're able to hit him when in doubt. And as we saw against England, where we didn't have toner, the line-out malfunctioned. So the first thing is, he's dropped the certain go-to line-out option. Extraordinary decision. Now, Pichot, um, I, I'm with him in a sense because he's just saying what he's always said, that he is fundamentally opposed to the idea of mercenaries touring the world uh, and playing for other countries based, I jest, but based on a holiday visa. And what is upsetting a huge number of people over here is the Klein, a South African, who has been picked in the second row instead of Toner, was picked for Ireland two days, repeat, 48 hours yeah. after his citizenship, passport, or whatever came through. This guy is the ultimate uh, arrive and play guy. And what is worse 
is he's awful. I mean, if we got the best South African second row known to man, then fine. Instead of which, we get an absolute journeyman. Now, what does this tell us about Joe? And this is terribly important. Joe, if you say something bad about Joe in your newspaper, your radio, or your television, Joe cuts you off at the at the knees, and you get no access to players. You get nothing. But he never reacts. He remains Pope Francis on television, <laughs> full of bonhomie and gentility, right? But behind, you're dead. He's he's reacted to Pichot. What does that mean? He's under pressure. Of course. And he has made. Now, look at the pressure he's under. One, and crucially, we're destroyed by England. Two, he drops uh, Toner, who there isn't a single person, even his biggest fans, are saying dropping Toner is a good idea. He's already made one catastrophic decision last February in pick picking Robbie Henshaw at fullback against England, and it was an unmitigated disaster. What we are seeing is a coach under pressure making mistakes. So previously, Joe, the untouchable, the Teflon coach, the best coach the world has ever seen, is suddenly not quite so perfect. And what we are seeing now is a coach under pressure making mistakes, and it bodes ill for Ireland's chances in the Rugby World Cup. Okay, well, it doesn't matter if it's 48 hours or 48 minutes if they're playing within the rules. And until it the, does I, matter. It does matter. It doesn't. It matters hugely. It matters hugely that for the integrity of the game of rugby, for the selection process of the international rugby, it, it, it matters hugely that somebody can get off the boat and get on the, the international team. Well, it's a little and, bit and more it, than that. It's a little bit more than that to take the time. You know, it's three years of some kind of residency. I don't disagree with you that this is a problem. I definitely think it's a problem. And I'm with you from the, stand, on, from the standpoint that this has to change. And I'm, and I'm with Gus as well. And it's just that you're within the rules right now. And any coach that wants to win is going to use whatever advantage they have at their disposal. It's like Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots. You know, deflate gate, whatever you want to say. They just keep winning, but they keep they might go beyond some of the rules every now and then and just cheat, but everybody's doing it. And if everybody is doing it within the rules and you don't and you lose, then what? Okay, I grant let's grant you just for a minute. Let's just grant you. You've been an American, you know, uh you 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 have difficulty with kind of rules anyway. Yeah, we, we don't we don't like rules, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, um, anyway, here's the point, though. If you're going to bring somebody in, make sure you get a good guy. Don't bring in an absolute journeyman who wasn't, who effectively wasn't good enough to play for the provincial side monster, let alone the national team. His performance against England was simply awful. 
Okay, but then what are we saying? That Joe Schmidt has some ulterior motive? He has an ulterior motive in that he picks people he likes and he and people he doesn't like, he gives a hard time. So probably one of the most exciting three quarters of the last decade, Simon Zebo is driven to France and is not available to us. Uh, and was uh, he, he driven to France in the Porsche that he bought with the top 14 money? Listen, every Irishman wants to play for Ireland. And anybody who tells you differently is, is you know, Brian O'Driscoll, I don't know what he drives, but he's certainly not, he's driving a bigger and better car than I am for certain. So the point is, rugby players in Ireland still make a substantial amount of money. See, Ian Madigan of Bristol, driven out of the country, you know, and so on. That is the Schmidt way. It's You're either with him or against him. And, and the problem is clearly toner. Clearly, Toner has done something to upset Schmidt. Why else would he make a nonsensical decision with a malfunctioning liner? Just to answer that, I think that we're not in the locker room. Devin Toner might have more injuries than, than we think. I don't know that he's going to just dismiss De Devin Toner because he's got problems with him personally. I don't think that that's the case here. I think that the coach legitimately thinks, and Brian O'Driscoll, is with him on this. He says he's not doubting the coach's decisions. He says, if I was Devin Toner, I'd be gutted or I'd be devastated. And that's a paraphrasing of what he said. But No, no, don't paraphrase. Don't, don't use the word paraphrase when you actually completely misrepresent what uh, uh, Brian O'Driscoll said. Brian O'Driscoll says, I, I am absolutely shattered at the omission. Of Devin Toner, that's what he said. He said, "No, he said if I was Devin Toner, I would be shattered." That's what he said. He said, "If I was Devin Toner, I would be absolutely shattered." So, I disagree with you on that. And he also said that he still has faith in the coach or the coach's decisions. Irish uh, rugby aficionados are actually saying we may not get out of the pool if we get out of the pool. We face New Zealand or South Africa. Problem number 110 for Schmidt is that now Erasmus, possibly the best coach in the World Cup, South African uh, coach, has picked up uh, the Munster back coach uh, to coach South Africa in this World Cup. So suddenly he now has an Irishman who's going to bring everything he knows about the Irish systems to South Africa if South Africa beat Ireland in the quarterfinal. All right, two things. Number one, every single one of these coaches is under a massive amount of pressure. Number two, you've got a coach that was under the pressure of the media in warm-up matches, and then they went and beat Wales, who was supposed to be great, right? But where's that tension on Wales? We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Are you saying... He didn't, he didn't beat Wales. They beat Wales. beat Wales. They beat Wales. No, we no, beat Wales Zed. I mean, you know, these, these, that's what I'm saying. These warm-up matches, I think we're putting too much into these warm-up matches. Meanwhile, your South African pals, because you've, you've picked South Africa and you're obviously enamored with them, have yet to show any manners reciprocating this, this uh, swap a player for the, the, the green jersey thing. Where's the love? Where, when's an Irishman going to be lining up for the Springboks? 
means there isn't an Irishman that they need. That's the whole point. This South African day. Look, you, you think these warm-ups are meaningless. Watch the game on Friday night. South Africa, Japan. So A, South Africa are going to put their best team, their best team out because they recognize how good Japan are. B, you're going to see Japan in, and, and you're going to have a really good idea how good they are. How good are they? I don't honestly know. I know how good they were four years ago when they beat South Africa and won three pool games. But I suspect they are better than you and I think. All right, well, we'll get to that in a moment. But right now, we got to take a quick break, George. So hold tight. And everybody out there, don't go away. We'll be right back with George Hook. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Ladies and gentlemen, we are brothers in rugby across the globe. And New York Rugby Club, which is the team that I'm with, plays against the New York Athletic Club all the time, Old Blue all the time, and yet off the pitch with brothers. And we lost one. We lost a good one in John Ryan. And John Ryan... I just want to salute you with your team's koozie, my friend. And this is the cheapest beer I could find, but it's for you. Miss you, brother. All right, and we are back. George, you asked me what I thought of Japan, or we were getting toward that. I think they're the most overhyped team in the Rugby World Cup. It might well be right. Four years ago, they produced an astonishing performance in the World Cup. They are a better team since that, uh, witnessed their performance in the Pacific Nations Championship. And importantly, they are playing at home. And if you go to every World Cup, the home team has always overperformed. So therefore, that's what we've got to think about, how Japan will do. I don't know. Like, I'm not Nostradamus. You're pretty damn close. I don't have a glass bowl here that I can look into, but I can use 70 years of watching Rugby Union to tell me what's a good way that this World Cup's going to pan out. And it's not going to be Ireland. That's for absolutely certain. And Japan look dangerous. I'm not prepared to go any further than that. All right, but are you sticking to your guns that Ireland won't make it out of the pool play? I I think that's a big call to say they won't. I think for the first, again, I've said, since the draw was made for the first time ever, Almost the entire Irish rugby public who had been brought up on the diet of we're going to win the World Cup because we beat New Zealand twice. For the first time, the Irish rugby public is saying, hold on here. Are we going to get out of the pool? Because even if we do, we're not going to beat New Zealand or South Africa. But there's another nation that could be all in black after the recent events in, in this whole scheme. And that's Welsh fans. Should they be wearing black and and on the ledge like half of your Irish fellow Irish rugby fans are? Well, hold on. Wales beat England. Yeah. Gatland put out Gatland put out last Saturday 
probably the worst team he could have put out. Probably. The guy he put out in out half, I at 78 years of age, I actually would have fancied myself playing opposite him in the number 10 shirt. And uh, suitably, Jared Evans didn't make the play. And you were so, not a number uh, 10. You were not a number 10, were you? Uh, on the under eights, I was. When I was seven and a half, <laughs> I was pretty impressive. Anyway, here's the point. <laughs> That wasn't that wasn't Wales. Gatton isn't remotely worried about that. Gatton's going to put a different team out next Saturday, and there's going to be a different kind of game. Wales are, in my view, in rude good health. They have a really good fly half in the shape of bigger. They've got two really good scrum halves. They have an outstanding captain and second row. They have the best back three, certainly the of of the top three nations, let's put it that way, have got the best back three. So they are in a very strong position. Weakness, I think the scrum. I think I think the scrum is the Welsh problem, uh, and it will depend on how they perform in the actual World Cup when they come up against the big scrummagers. Uh, but if I was Warren Gatland, and he's already said it, they're going to go far in this competition. They really are. I I agree with you. Um, I think pigs just flew by the studio window, and there's snowballs being thrown in hell. But I just I agree with what you just said, and. Uh, we're going to get a staple to hold that earpiece into your well, ear. Well, I still just... have one earphone. I obviously, you see, there's a thing called a cauliflower ear, which all second rows have. So this one is my, this one is is not my cauliflower ear, and this one is. So it won't stay in my cauliflower ear, but it'll stay in the other one. But we can, man, even I can hear you. And in fact, even I could hear your your grandfather McCarthy from ninety from the nineteen fifties. <laughs> I think my grandfather was older than that, George. Trust me. Uh, Barney, Barney McGurk came on the boat from Ireland and he was ticked off. He didn't get on the Titanic. And he was one of those guys right. shoveling coal in the base, in the bottom of it. Come on. Japan are going to be a threat. Wales are in rude good health. South Africa looks smashing. Uh, New Zealand will always be there or thereabouts. French squad's just been announced. It looks Super! It looks really good. I mean, Dupont. But which which out. coach are they going to quit on? Well, I mean, they, the French don't need a coach. The French got to a World Cup final and were cheesed out of it against New Zealand. That was unbelievable. Uh, literally without a coach. Literally without a coach. So having a coach in France, they shouldn't bother. They actually literally shouldn't yeah. bother. All right? Um, so I'm not worried about Jack Brunel at all although he might be one of the worst coaches. He's down there with Schmidt, in my view, um, in, in the competition. I, 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 I can't it. let this go. I can't let it go. How are you calling Joe Schmidt one of the worst coaches? He beat New Zealand twice. I've said it since the day he arrived oh. in this country, and I'm not going to change my opinion now. He's going to be found out. He's going to be found out. <laughs> and all the people who have spent the last six or seven years pillorying G-Hook are going to say, you know, maybe the bald old fat guy knew something about the game. That's. <laughs> I'm glad you said old, fat, bald, old fat guy, because I'm, I'm getting there my, right now, my friend. Yes, uh, right. So uh, just a, a quick look at Scotland is... 
their most positive thing going to be the the rather cool thing that uh, is it John McNally is back after missing the World Cup last time around in England, just just getting injured prior to that, he just got named captain. Is that going to be their only bright spot? When Gregor Townsend played fly half for Scotland, Scotland always overperformed, most notably against Ireland. So I'm a huge fan of Gregor Townsend, number one, as the coach. Do you think Vern Carter was run out of town a little bit premature after the success that they had? No, 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 no. You get a Scotsman to coach Scotland and you get an Irishman to coach Ireland and then you're in business. That's what those Celts are like. That's what makes us what we are. So yeah, they've got a Scottish coach in Tanzania, really smart. They, interestingly, Scotland are a team we don't like. I mean, why don't we like them? Because number one, if you want to beat Scotland, you actually beat them the same way you beat Ireland. You beat them up up front. You kick the living daylights out right. of them. We're not kick, capable of kicking the daylights out of Scotland. And Scotland play a very loose, imaginative game. That doesn't suit us because the Schmidt doctrine uh, is all about, you know, uh, like Schmidt is General Bernard Montgomery, not George S. Patton. That's the difference. I want George S. Patton coaching Ireland, not bloody General Bernard Montgomery, who <laughs> moved at about two inches a week. Now, so what we, so Scotland will be very difficult for us because we don't like that kind of team. It, um, Japan equally play incredibly open, quick rugby. Doesn't suit us. We like the old structured stuff. Scrum after forward, bash, bang, rock. Scrum after forward, bash, bang, rock. Repeat ad nauseam 57 times until you score from five meters. That's the Irish way. Like Billy Wilder, could the great Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood director, could go to Ireland because when he, when he had Marilyn Monroe in Some Like It Hot, oh. it took 52 takes for her to say um, hello we need 52 takes to score a try so like we're just not going to make it the world has moved on in rugby Rory Best what are your thoughts on Rory Best like is it because we're a very small country and we have a very small playing population our players tend to get selected because we don't have many of them, beyond their sell-by date. The great Willie John McBride won probably at least 10 caps that he didn't deserve because he was past his sell-by date. The greatest fullback this country ever produced, Tommy Kiernan, probably went 10 caps too many. Uh, and Rory Best the same. Great, great hooker, great captain. Everything good about we've just gone beyond, and that happens. It just happens. As Betty Davis said, once you hit 40 in Hollywood, there are no good movies for women. Well, when you hit 37 and you're a hooker in rugby, there are no good spots for you. And that's his tragedy. And now he has a line out with nobody to call the shots yeah. because Henderson isn't very good at it. And two, he has nobody to aim at. 
Who's calling? Who's calling it? Ryan. This was Ryan calling the last time. Out? We don't know, but we think Henderson does. The thing was, we knew Toner did. That was the whole point. We knew Toner did. We knew he didn't make mistakes, and he was the go-to guy. So if you suddenly said, "Hold on here, I'm five meters from my own yep. line. I must win the lineout," yeah. Toner, bang, got it. Would fans have been more out of their socks over? Toner or best being left off that roster? Uh, I, I, I don't think best could have been left off the roster, not for any reason, but there isn't any opposition. I mean, like we have three hookers and only two of the, only one of them could throw the ball in. Two of them can't. Cronin, Cronin and best wouldn't hit a barn door from inside the barn. <laughs> so the only guy who can throw the ball in is Scannell. So we've got a problem. We can't throw it in. And and Cronin, Schmidt has selected Cronin 60 times, roughly speaking, and he still hasn't discovered this guy can't hit a target. Yeah. Like, hold a while. Why, if, if they sent a best or Cronin over to the Pittsburgh Steelers or your beloved Patriots. Oh, oh went, no, oh, no, oh, no. Back and, it up a notch. New York Giants, pal. New York Giants. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Are, right. they, are they the Brooklyn Dodgers under another name? No? Uh, no. The New York football, right. the New York football okay. Giants beat, Dan, anyway, beat the, the Patriots twice. Listen to me. Listen to me. If they sent Cronin and Best over to your beloved Giants, right? Yes. And they said to the guy who's, you know, the long snapper? You sure. Know him? Yeah. And they, they Best and and Cronin went with the long snapper, and they said to him, show us how to throw the ball. The long snapper would say, well, your technique is the same as mine, except you turn it up. In other words, he, he throws it from between his legs. You throw it from over your head. But it's exactly the same movement. In an hour, the long snapper from your beloved Jets in fact, I dare suggest <laughs> that the long snapper from Middle Tennessee University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, could teach him how to throw. Well, hold on. This goes. This goes back no. to no, this. This goes back to to what a lot of you folks don't understand. As an American who's played every American sport, and I got a whole thing for you on soccer. The next show. Uh, no, no, just come back to the long snapper. No, no, come hold on. I am coming back to the long snapper. As Americans, we can throw. We can throw overhand. And every time, that's the one thing that we could do well. And, you know, like playing rugby here in, in New York forever, we can't kick because none of us grew up playing soccer. So that's the joke. The funny talker gets to kick, but we'd oh, always have an me. American throw the lineouts in because the foreign guys couldn't throw overhand. What makes you so like the, the, your granddad in the 1950s who ran all those things? Joe, your Uncle Joe. Joe McCarthy. What makes, yes. <laughs> yeah, what makes you like Uncle Joe McCarthy is you refuse to face the facts. The reason that most Americans throw the ball one-handed, like the quarterback, that won't work in the lineup because you can't take your hand back and hold it and then throw because you've got to throw at the same time as the guy jumps. The only guy who has a technique who can make it work is the long snapper. And I tell you what I'll do. I'll fly to New York 
Oh, I'm taking this up. With my beloved Erlingas. There's a plug. And I will go. I will go into your studio with a long snapper from a, a Sunday afternoon pickup game in a park. And I guarantee you, I'll have you throwing the ball better than Rory Best. And if I don't, a, I'll pay for a memorial to Joe McCarthy. All right. Okay. I'm taking that bet, pal. I'm taking that bet. And I'll tell you what, we don't have to find that long snapper in the park. I can throw the ball better than Rory Best. That's you heard it here, right here on Rugby Wrap Up. What do you think of them apples? Uh, you're gas. You're just gas. <laughs> I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. Anyway, uh, sir, the, we the are. Only thing that makes the only thing that really surprises me is that apparently there are about fifty percent of people on this program who agree with me. I don't believe the percentage is that high. I think it's it's. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. And it's not, there's no in between. There is absolutely no in between, which is great. It's right down the middle. And I'm the idiot. I am like, you know, I'm the blonde from the valley. That's basically what I I'm am. Going I am. Get, I'm going to get new earplugs for next <laughs> No, it, it, you're multitasking. It's even better. You, you're going from one ear to the other. You, you don't miss a beat. You're a consummate pro. I love it. I want to thank you, my friend, as always. That's all. All right. On behalf of Mr. George Hook. I'm Matt McCarthy, talking rugby, and it's a privilege from the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.